Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we are talking with Marta from Ontario Coalition Against BSL. So, in the first half of today's episode, we discussed some background on the uh, coalition and also the research behind their work. So, let's get back into it. Justine, what do we have next? Yeah. So Marta, what are some current issues or trends that you're currently seeing in the BSL world? Uh, So a big one that I'm seeing, especially in some of the bully groups on Facebook is people have become really comfortable with BSL not being enforced in their areas. And unfortunately, that's not something we can predict. Um, I can think of one area where BSL wasn't enforced until a couple months ago, and now it's heavily being enforced. So We're seeing this trend of people saying, oh, no, no, it's fine for you to have a bully, like you're totally fine. And those of us in the coalition are sitting here like, that's not true. Like you can't, unfortunately, you can't always feel safe. Even, I mean, we do have areas like Ottawa and Toronto have made it clear that they will not enforce. But in other places in Ontario, I'm seeing this level of comfort set in that, oh, well, not my dog. But unfortunately, that's not the reality. And it can be any dog. And it has been random places. So it's just... It's almost like it's been around for so long that people are like, well, I haven't been caught yet. Well, every owner we've gone to court for has said the same thing. I'm also seeing that a lot of breeders are popping up. So we're seeing this big influx in bully breed puppies. So uh, I have something. I have a question around that. Yes. Are are these just puppies that people are... Um, I want to use the word putting together because I can't think of a better word for it. Um, that just happened to look like bully breeds, like as an example. So I have a, I have a, a good friend who actually breeds Staffordshire Bull Terriers. They're Canadian Kennel Club registered. She technically like she's based in Ontario, which is sketchy um, enough as is, but like she is a registered breeder who is breeding to breed standard and following all of the, you know, health testing and stuff. And then, yeah, I see it too. I see a lot of these bully breeds show up and they'll be like American bully or um, they'll call them like pitbull mixes, whatever scary breed name they want to call them. Um, and the, I don't know, you tell me, Marta, you're, you're really um, a part of this community. Do you find that it's like, uh, how do I say this softly? The um, the training that goes on behind these breeds is like meant to be scary. Like a lot of people do like protection work with them and stuff or like want their dog to be like menacing and scary and barky. And, uh, do, you, do you find that a lot that or do you think that maybe that's just, you know, some people do really well with bully breeds and other people don't like what what are your thoughts behind that? So that's a little bit twofold. Um In terms of Staffordshire Bull Terriers, they are part of the banned list. So even as registered, you're still taking risk in Ontario unless you're shipping the puppies out. Um, That being said, technically, if we were to be very technical, American bullies are legal. However, American bullies or even a short hair lab can be put into Clause E, which is any dog with any similar characteristics. So while I see a lot of breeders breeding this American Bulldog, American Bully mix, We have to remember that American bullies actually do descend from four breeds and one of them is a pit bull. But also we have to realize that all those dogs still fall under Clause E. As much as these breeders try to guarantee these dogs are safe, I can show you some of the dogs you've been in court for and trust me, they didn't even look like pit bulls. One looked like a husky mix. 
I I remember years ago there was a dog that was like white and it looks like a shepherd mix and it fell under the BSL um, legislation and everybody was and everybody was like what like how like yeah I I I I hear you that yeah. was Ringo yeah and I mean yeah it was a senior dog that was taken and so we're seeing a lot of that um, in terms of scary looking dogs. I'm actually finding that bullies are very much being advertised as like the single girl's dog or the family dog, etc. But now we're looking at, we're seeing a lot of other breeds that I'd rather not mention only because I don't want to push these other breeds, but we are seeing other breeds being used as like these scary dogs. The problem is, do I think that a bully is for everyone? No, but I also don't think any dog is for everyone. You know, I think Every dog has its place, its purpose, etc. For me, I love Australian Shepherds. Would I have one? No, because I, that's not the type of dog I would, that would fit my lifestyle. I also know that I wouldn't be able to give it the mental stimulation that it would need to be happy. But I can give my dog the physical because I hike a lot. So I think a lot of these people are not necessarily looking at dog genetics and what any of these dogs need, but they're looking at aesthetics, purely aesthetics. Yeah, yeah, and that's for sure. Problem. And we're seeing a lot of breeders color shopping. So looking for the... Oh, no. Exactly. You know, like this is a big thing that we're seeing is color shopping is huge right now. So people are literally buying a dog based on the coloring it has, not the breed, not the breeder information, not health testing, none of that. So, okay, you got a pretty looking puppy that could be sick by the age of two. Yeah, yeah, that happens so often um, with, uh, I, I want to say, like exotic bully breeders yes. or whatever you want to call them. You see that so much and it's so it's so sad. These dogs just look like they're not happy by the time they're like three. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, Justine, this is a good question for you to ask. Yeah, so let's say I'm a bully owner, mm-hmm. let's say, hypothetical, Or, hypothetical, I have a dog that, again, has those characteristics that could appear to be a bully. Mm -hmm. What can I do to keep my dog safe? So I actually just recently did a huge post about this because I think it's very important for people to realize that if you are owning any dog that can fall characteristic-wise under the ban, whether you think it's a bully or not, it's always best to be safe. I always tell people, avoid dog parks with dogs like that. Make sure your dog is always leashed. And the most, or the, typically the, whenever we actually need to step in as the coalition, it's because the dog's been on the loose. It's not always irresponsible ownership. Things happen, but make sure you're checking your fences regularly. Put an extra deadbolt on your gates in the backyard. Uh, For myself, I actually have extra baby gates by the front door just in case. And like my dogs are trained, but things happen. Accidents happen. So I always do that. Um, And whenever you're traveling with your dog, I always say crate your dog. But I say that to everybody for safety purposes. But again, if anything were to happen, the dog's not just going to go running loose. So Things like that are always going to be my number one things, but I always will say, and I'll say this to every dog owner, make sure you're investing time in training. It doesn't have to be a $10,000 training package. It just needs to be make sure your dog has the recall. Make sure they have those basic commands so that if there were ever an emergency, you can call your dog off. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, like, I don't let my dog off leash because I don't have the confidence that I could call him off. He is not there yet. So I, Marshall literally does not go off leash 
ever. We have a long line that we use in certain circumstances, but that is it because that is not something that I am prepared to risk on your vein of like not letting dogs get loose. If I could offer people one tip, it would be a martingale collar. Um, It is so easy for dogs to slip out of flat collars and then you've got a dog running around with no tags, no collar. So um, having a martingale so they can't slip out of it. And then if you're using any tools, you can safety it to the tools. So if you're using a prong and it pops off, you still have hold of your dog on, um, on their collar. Yeah. Lots of ways to make sure you keep them safe, but those are really great tips. It's true. When I look at my dog, like he's wearing a thick collar on top of that, he's wearing his prong, everything. We use a prong catcher. And then on top of that, we're using a leash. So yes, it can look like a lot, but I'm going to put my dog's safety first. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that um, bully owners or owners of bully-like dogs should kind of keep in mind, maybe when they're out in the community or engaging with other people or engaging with other dogs or things like that? I mean, I personally don't allow my dog to just engage with any dogs that I don't personally know. Um, We do pack walks pretty regularly, but again, it's with dogs that I know, owners that I'm comfortable with, people that can take the constructive criticism can also give me constructive criticism. So we do a lot of walks like that. I would never put Logan in a situation that I know he's not going to be comfortable in, and that would be anything off leash, meeting dogs he doesn't know, any uncomfortable situations of that sort. Um... I also, the coalition has a lot of programs in place in terms of preventing dog bites and child safety. And I know the Humane Society is also doing that. I think that is so important. And personally, while I trust my dogs, I still avoid the situations of having them come near in contact with kids because I don't have children, which means that they don't get exposed to it very often. So I think you have to know your dog. You know what your dog is comfortable with, what environments will they succeed in and will they fail in, and just keep them out of those ones that they can fail in. So that's where balance training comes into play, where people get so upset about prongs, etc. But Even those of us who use tools, we're always putting our dogs into situations where they can succeed. So we're rewarding that behavior. Amen. Amen. And such a good point about kids because, I mean, we we just um, recorded a podcast um, with – I'm not going to spoil it because it's very exciting. But we were talking about, you know, coexisting with kids and babies and dogs and just talking about how unpredictable – children are and how do we make sure that our dogs feel safe and comfortable when they are interacting with children, whether it's your child or somebody else's child. And I I mean, it's kind of scary for me how many times a parent has let their kid like boot Marshall on the nose or like fully grab his snoot. And I'm like, whoa, like what just like I've had kids just fly out of left field and like boop him on the head. And luckily he just, he, I think he knows, oh, they're kids, whatever, but makes me so nervous. And um, these things happen. And the amount of times that I'm putting my body in between Marshall and another dog or between Marshall and another person, because I've told them I don't want to do intros and then they don't listen. And yeah, I feel like with bigger dogs or bully-like breeds, we're just kind of always on guard. It's true. And you know, the one thing I did miss earlier is muzzle training. I think that's also important, but that's not just bully breeds. I personally muzzle train all of my dogs for exactly, you know, it, because people forget that muzzles isn't just for aggression. If your dog breaks their leg and they're in pain, they are now considered unpredictable to you. 
I would not touch Marshall if he had a significant injury without a muzzle on. Exactly. And you know, and you can't predict it. So I fully support muzzle training. Um, we do structured walks where Logan's still in his muzzle. Logan has been going to his groomer for ages uh, because they're very bully friendly, but I still muzzle him all the time just because I'd rather be safe than sorry. Amazing. Yeah, muzzles are an incredible tool. And if you have a properly fitted basket muzzle, your dog can pant, drink, eat the whole nine yards. Um, it's not uncomfortable or painful or cruel for them. It is actually a very kind thing you can do for your dog to keep them safe in so many circumstances. I 100% agree with that. Well, thank you for sharing all of that, Marta. That was amazing. Um, we're going to be right back with our Kibbles and Bits segment. <laughs> 